Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like me, one simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating also makes this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that'll make this type of abuse worse. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma, and Rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need real support, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org. We'd love to see you in a session today. Claire and I are back on today's episode. If you have not heard the first three parts of this conversation, go back three weeks, start there, and then join us here. Now, last week, I talked about editing out a bunch of stuff for her safety. It was really important to edit it out. And so the conversation ended up seeming really intense because you guys don't know a lot of the background information. That's the same situation with this episode. We've edited out a lot for her safety. When I say get to safety and then observe from a safe distance, I'm not necessarily talking about divorce. What I am talking about is getting to a place where you're separated from the harm so that you can take a breather, you can reset, get out of that fog of abuse and understand what's really going on. So that's what I'm talking about here. We have a bunch of workshops to help women really understand how to do this in strategic ways. It starts with our btr.org strategy workshop, and we recommend that they're taken in a certain order. So you can go to our workshops at btr.org slash workshops and check those out. This episode starts with the end of last week's conversation where I'm talking about perhaps different prayer strategies for women of faith, one of them being Knowing that God does not want us to be abused if we feel like our situation is impossible. And this woman's, if you knew the details, which we have edited out, and you knew kind of exactly what was going on, you would understand how impossible her situation seems. And so laying it out and saying, considering that this is an impossible situation, but you are God and you can do the impossible, what would you like me to do? So that's where we start this conversation today, and it's something to think about. Before we start, I also just want to thank everyone who has given reviews with Trauma Mama Husband Drama on Amazon. Your reviews help that Amazon algorithm, and when women search for information on Amazon and they find Trauma Mama Husband Drama, even if they don't buy the book, they find this podcast, which is free to everyone. If you're not aware of Trauma Mama Husband Drama, it's my picture book for adults. You can find it on our books page at btr.org slash books. All right, we're going to jump in with this conversation now. 
instead of thinking about like, is he going to change? Is it not going to change? Be like, okay, God, where are my tools? I'm going to now build this boat. You have told me that I am a beloved daughter, that yeah. you love me and that you don't want me to be abused. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, where are the tools? I now know about abuse. Thank you. You parted the sea. I appreciate that. Thank you. I would like to walk across now. Consider, there's a scripture that says, consider the armies. It's like the Israel, uh, something to do with Israelites in the Old Testament. I'm going to completely butcher this. My scriptorial friend, Sarah McDougall, will be like, why did you even try? That is so bad. But anyway, <laughs> they're like, consider these armies. They're all powerful and they've got all these like weapons and resources and stuff. And we don't have anything, but we want to do what's right, God. Like, what do you want us to do? That type of a prayer, like consider his abuse. Consider that I am your daughter, that you love me, that you care about me and you don't want me to be abused and you don't want my kids living in a home where their dad is abusive to me and is a like not a good person. Like where are the tools? I wonder if you consider praying like that for a minute. Yeah how you would feel because I strongly believe that like even though your situation by the way frankly seems impossible but (laughs) with God all things are possible like when you told me that I was like oh crap there's no way she's getting out and then I was like like that's what I thought in my head and then guess what I thought then I was like wait a minute no no the only thing that is holding her back is her belief that she can't do it. Mm. And if I were you, I would think the same thing. I'm sorry. I would. I would be like, this is impossible. There's no way I can do this. Yeah. But I do believe that with God, all things are possible. And it might be just through your strategic sort of communication and being able to live in the same house. You know, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not saying what mm. I do, but like just saying, God, consider the situation and what are the tools? Where are the tools? What do you want me to do? No, I really I really like that. I think that's beautiful. Focusing on me getting to a healthy place. Because I do feel like my focus has been on like, when is he going to get healthy all the way? Like, get healthy all the way, you know, then everything will be okay. I mean, if you were a billionaire, you would not want to be married to him. He's not an appropriate mm. person to be married to. Hmm. He's so that that like answers your question. And because God is like God is the way I well, I don't know. But I mean, that's how I feel. <laughs> I could be totally. Well, crap. it is possible that he that God could help him mature. But I feel like I know my focus needs to be on on me getting to a healthy place. And I do think that's more what I should be praying about and focusing on. Even God can't change his heart. If he wanted to be a healthy person, I mean, it's ridiculous. If you have to, like, manage him to get him to be just, like, a semi-decent person, like, no. He's not doing it on his own. If he was going to, he would have done it already. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I feel like, yeah, if you were mature, if you cared about growing, right? If he even cared about you. Well, it is possible, though, because he he has been lying to himself so much that and telling himself everything's okay and I'm a good guy and 
because I do feel like the source of it is like the whole entitlement belief. And so if he does actually choose to yes, change that, then and he could. Yeah, but I I like what you're saying that it's I need to be more observant and less scripting. <laughs> he knows everything he needs to know. Yeah. He doesn't need to know anything else. If he chooses to actually care about you, which he should have chosen before, you don't know if he's actually chosen that or if he's grooming you. You just don't know. I have thought it's it's really sad that you don't choose to try to mature until somebody leaves that seems I do think it's possible that's one of the first things that I like it was kind of the Lundy Bancroft moment for me where it's like your eyes are opening because I didn't really hadn't heard Mm -hmm. anything like I was like okay this is the pattern but I couldn't see anything Mm -hmm. Um, and so she said that she said the same thing you're saying but she said it like maybe 2% will change. And she did just say, just get out because they're not going to change. But her husband did change, but it took two years. And so even though her husband changed, she did also say like the odds are they're not going to. So just get out. But, but there's, there is a possibility, but it's really small is I guess where I'm at. And I'm actually not saying just get out. That's not what I've said. That might be the impression that you're getting. What I am saying is get to safety now yeah, and observe from a safe distance rather than being like, oh, I'm going to let the fire touch me yeah, and be like, I'm not getting burned because I said to the fire, you burnt me. I feel safe because I, I maybe because our therapist is so like he's not allowed to touch me. I don't have to do anything with him that I don't want to. I don't have to go on a date night. I don't have to do anything. And the focus is on like me saying, like figuring out what I want to do. So I feel safe. I am focused on the relationship, like what you said, and focused on his behavior. You are not safe because the reason that you feel safe is because he's being managed by a therapist. Mm. Which does not mean that you're safe. It just means that he is the type of person that has to be managed by a therapist at that level. Yeah. Which is not a safe situation. But except for I still feel like even if I'm able to know what I want to do and I'm able to put boundaries down and I say you like I'm done and I walk away and he doesn't handle it well and then that's then it's over. Then I'm still safe. Then I'm still safe even if he's not managed by a therapist because she's helped me. She's helped me say no. Yeah. (laughs) The problem is the safety issue is ongoing. So like right now you feel safe, but let's say he is getting better then you would actually be getting more safe over time. Right. So you'd be getting more and more safe because the harm is reducing and that is totally a possibility and and could be happening. Then there's the other scenario where he's grooming and is not safe at all. Yeah. And it's the management. And in that case, you actually do not become more safe with divorce. He's just as dangerous and he becomes actually more dangerous. It's just that you get better with skills and stuff and boundaries of separating yourself from the harm, but he'll still continue to be on fire. Right. Well, so then what's the point? (laughs) Then what would be the point of divorcing? Like what you said, if I'm able to say within, you know, if I'm never going to be able to have boundaries. The first scenario was he's actually is improving and getting to be more safe. Okay. The second scenario is that he's not safe at all. He's just grooming. But and then you're saying I get a divorce and then I'm still not safe. 
So that really sucks. It does. (laughs) But but the thing is, he's you're either getting burned every day Mm. or you're getting burned way less. And like the second they get out of the house, it's really weird. It feels so different. It is like, (gasps) like, I did not realize this was. I mean, it is a Mm. huge revelation. So having like an actual Mm. safe space is huge. So I always recommend an actual house where they get out. Like, do not make the decision without them being out because then you'll never, you'll never out of the fog. Right. So if he's actually out of the house and then you'll be able to think more clearly and decide, oh, I actually do want him back in the house. Right. Or you'll be like, what? Oh my gosh, this is so different. (laughs) Yeah. I see what you're saying because it should be where he's healthy enough to a point where I'm choosing to re-engage based on what I'm seeing, based on what I'm observing. Not that I'm engaged in it and then I'm being lulled into it. Whereas if he's out of the house, then it's more like, okay, I see that he's not off the deep end or whatever. And So here's a really good example that may or may not help you. There was a woman who had filed for divorce. Everything was ready to go. They were having a hearing. And suddenly, out of the blue, the soon-to-be ex who hadn't talked to her for years, actually, was like, hey, can we just talk? All right. And then he started being all great, and, they, and he had all these reasons for being gone, and all this stuff was going down. Okay. So she was like, I think this is good. I, I, I don't know. And I'm like, that hearing is coming up. Like, he wants you to not have that hearing. Like, yeah. this is just time, right? And she was like, no, he seems amazing. He seems like he wants to come back in. And I said, well, if he's really changed, and if he's amazing, and if he's, like, awesome, then what you want to say to him is, hey, after everything we've been through... Let's just get divorced and then we can date. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I, we haven't lived together in years. We haven't even talked for two years. So I hear you that you want to be with me. I hear you that we want to be together. I actually wouldn't, would like that too. That would be really cool. But because this divorce has been going and we've got this hearing, let's go ahead and go through with it. Let's go ahead and get divorced. We can just split everything up and then. I would love to go on a date with you if you want to ask me out. And in fact, you can ask me out now as long as we're proceeding with the divorce. I don't mind dating you while we're divorcing, but the divorce is still happening. And guess what she said? She's like, I I could never do that. And I said, why? And she's like, because like the second I say that he's going to be terrible again. Okay. And I'm like, then you know your answer, right? Yeah. Like, you know your answer. So, so that, like, think about that. Like, think about, like, if you kindly asked him, hey, I know we've been working on me having more space. And you know what? I think the thing I really need is for you to get your own apartment. I really hope yeah. we don't have to get divorced. But that would help me understand. And then if you want to see me or talk to me, you could text me. Ask me. Yeah. yeah. And that would be very helpful. And then I think I could make more progress. Yeah. That is really interesting. And, and that way I can, I can feel more safe in the home and I can feel like I have my own space and that will really help me. And my guess is he's not going to like that because he'll lose control. Yeah. Hmm. And I I actually think, I actually think that he will, I think he'll react the way he reacted when she, when I told him she said it was going to be several more months at least. He initially got mad and looked like he'd been, like he kind of staggered, (laughs) but then he was like, that's okay. That's okay. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that's what would happen. But I'm. That's it. That's a very. That's a very interesting exper- experiment. 
if he's like, how long, how long are we going to have to be in an apartment? Just say, let's do a minimum a year. And if you wouldn't mind, let's just go back into dating mode. Let's just date for a year. Did you date for a year initially? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. Be like, let's just go back into dating mode. You can ask me on a date. I can say yes or no. You can see if you want to talk to me. I can say yes or no. I'll just feel like I have more of a choice in this situation. Okay. You're right. I feel like, yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> like, do you think if you did that, he'd be gone? Yeah, I don't think he would. I don't think he would tantrum, but I'm, I don't know what he would do actually, but I'm afraid that he would give up. And I don't think he would hurt me, but I, I'm afraid he would just be completely done. Yeah, I'm afraid he would give up. Okay. So let's talk about that give up for just a second. If you're afraid that without your intervention, he would give up, that is the most giant red flag of the year. Because a year, I think he would be like, a year, like that's so long. Logically speaking, be like, okay, fine. We can get divorced then and you can go date someone else for a year. Go for it. You don't share kids with her. Would you rather do that with a new person or with me? Yeah, yeah. But I shouldn't argue that with him, right? No, but in your head, in your own head. If I'm 45 and I can think that like through that pretty clearly, pretty quickly, like, wait a minute, like spending a year to get my family back. Yeah. And I don't know what he would do, but that's, I guess that's my reaction because I know he's been hyperventilating about it even being like possibly six months that he's been like, oh my gosh. So. Well, and he's still been in the house. So he hasn't actually had any real consequences. So what I mean is he's still able to like have influence over you. Yeah. He's still able to go in and gaslight you every day. You're saying that without you, he wouldn't do it is like the most giant red flag there is. And isn't that true of of all of these guys that they're they weren't choosing to mature on their own? Yeah, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. They have to choose to do it on their own or they're not ever going to be appropriate people to be married to ever. And that's why people say they never change. Is because if he were going to do it, he would be doing it already. If it was that he was lying to himself and he didn't know that he was abusing, at this point he does. At this point he's seen the patterns. And so from this point he could totally mature up if he wanted to and treat me like a person. And Yeah. And at this point, if you said, hey, you know what? Space would be good for a year. He'd be like, you know what? After all I've done to you, I totally get it. And I'm looking forward to dating you. Like this will be an exciting time. We can go out twice a week. Like I can come over and do like mow the lawn. And like, these are the things I can do. This is the way I can help contribute, even though I'm living in the apartment. That's how you would talk, right? If if this were the case, you'd be like, you know what? I'm excited about this time. I'm going to come over and I'm going to cook for you every day, maybe. Or I'm. these are the things I'm going to do to make sure this works. Yeah, this is exciting. Well, it would be sad, though. I think it's understandable to be sad, but then also to be completely respectful about it. Well, instead of thinking, I'm losing control and I'm never going to be able to get control back, he'd be like, oh, my gosh, we can finally have a good relationship. We can start over. Those are just all thoughts. I'm just saying I really genuinely don't know what's right for you. And I genuinely don't know about him or and I don't know if he's going to change or not. So. I don't know him either. So it's really, and it's really up to him. And I do think I need to be more observant and I'm for sure going to talk about all these things with my therapist. And I do think I need to stop babysitting him. Yeah. You're great. I care about you. I want you to be safe. Thank you. I will talk to you in, in six months. And either way I will be 
in a safe place. So yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. So this conversation kind of ends abruptly because I had to edit so much out for her safety. So just know that we are going to be checking back in with Claire in about six months to see where she's at, to see what has happened. And I'm hopefully going to keep my mouth shut more in that conversation and listen and see how she's doing. And you can hear how it is too. see if her perspective is the same. See how her strategy that she's been using is working for her. I'm looking forward to talking with her again, and I hope that you are too. If you are interested in coming on the podcast and sharing your story, please contact my assistant, Kari, K-A-R-I, at btr.org. I am so grateful for all of you who share. If you are of a different faith or you're an atheist, you are welcome on this podcast to share. I love listening to women's stories and how they're processing their experience from every faith paradigm or non-faith paradigm agnostic or otherwise, because everyone can learn from all of our experience. And when one of us has an epiphany, all of us do. So I really look forward to reconnecting with Claire in about six months. If this podcast was helpful to you, please help us reach other women by pushing that follow or subscribe button and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping get the word out. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on support the BTR podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.